0: Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app.
1: This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Something else from somewhere else.
0: uh, the radio free brooklyn weekly program dedicated to international jazz coming to you once more after a great episode of mike joseph uh, jerry curl chronicles we started off uh, with the upcoming album by the dead combo the portuguese band uh, that has entered its uh, 15th year of activity after starting from the traditional music of portugal fado they moved on in a cinematic direction incorporating jazz world music and atmospheres that uh, harken back to the soundtracks of ennio morricone and that uh, would be pretty good in any Quentin Tarantino movie. Some of you may recall them at Central Park last summer with a special guest that would fit particularly well in this kind of uh, music, uh, guitarist uh, Mark Ribot. The composition we just heard was uh, Deus Dame Grana, which means uh, God Give Me Money, from uh, the Dead Combo's uh, sixth album, Audion Hotel. On this episode of Mondo Jazz, we'll focus on the work of uh, some musicians that are about to perform in New York in the coming days, With an interview to Caroline Davis on the occasion of the release of her album Heart Tonic, and a previews of the music of South African guitarist uh, Derek Gripper and saxophonist uh, Patrick uh, Zimmerly, We'll also focus uh, our attention on uh, minimalist jazz, but uh, before going there, let's continue with something else. A week ago, one of the great masters of jazz has left us. Uh, Cecil Taylor passed away on the 5th of April 2018. Since his appearance on the scene in the mid 50s, uh, he has devoted his entire career to doing one of the things that uh, make jazz the exciting music that it is, Uh, the source of surprises that uh, we've come to cherish, namely pushing the envelope and redefining the boundaries of this genre and music in general. As it always happens when a musician has a, a bigger than life personality and develops a very personal style, it takes time for the rest of the music world to fully process their contribution. Sometimes it takes many years, but ultimately their work contributes to the shaping of uh, future generations of musicians. Think for instance of the music of Thelonis Monk, quite different and challenging when it came out, and it was played by just very few musicians uh, who were daring to do it, uh, Steve Lazy being perhaps uh, the first to do so. But now it's an integral part of the jazz canon. So we thought that one way to pay tribute to the towering figure of Cecil Taylor was not by playing one of uh, his performances but rather a rendition of uh, one of his uh, classic tunes, With Exit, that he uh, published on the Conquistador album on the Blue Note label. That rendition takes it in a completely different direction, and by doing so perhaps renders the most authentic homage to the spirit of Cecil Taylor, namely surprising us. So I would like to play for you uh, some music from Avant Lounge, an album uh, in which Brad Jones plays classic free jazz compositions by the likes of Ornette Coleman, Sun Ra, John Coltrane, or Albert Ayler, in an avant-loungy way, as the title suggests. And from that album, here is uh, Cecil Taylor's With Exit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a quite long set uh, with four tunes. We started off uh, by paying tribute to Cecil Taylor with a rendition of his uh, With Exit, uh, composition uh, that comes from his uh, Conquistador album on the Blue Note label. This was a rendition by bassist uh, Brad Jones with his Avant Lounge project. We then moved towards a rather minimalistic approach to jazz, Through a repetition of phrases that evolve gradually and slowly, minimalist music often produces a hypnotic effect. When it's bad, minimalistic music also produces a deep state of boredom. But that was obviously not the case of these tracks uh, that interpret jazz in a minimalistic kind of way. We started off with uh, Vibes from the Tribe, the title track from a cult album released in 1974 by trombonist Phil Ranelin founder of The Tribe, a Detroit band, a record company and magazine uh, that proved to be very influential and the object of great interest by Crate Diggers. The album, as well as uh, Phil Ranelin enjoyed a comeback when this um, uh, CD was uh, re-released in 2001. We then moved on to another tune that takes a small fragment and excavates its inner corners, enveloping us in a magic world, And that was The Lucky Hum by Jenny Scheinman, the great violinist and collaborator of Bill Frizzell, himself a musician capable of extracting magic out of tunes that spiral and slowly build up to great heights. Jenny Scheinman will be performing in New York with the Parlor Game, a project that she co-leads with uh, drummer Alison Miller, and they will be performing at Cornelia Street Cafe on the 29th of April and Bar Lunatico on the 8th of May. After Jenny Scheinman, we close the set uh, with uh, one of the masters of minimalistic uh, jazz, Swiss pianist uh, Nick Bersch, and his project Ronin. Over the years, Bersch has uh, refined an approach to music that, uh, through repetitive patterns, creates a form of a meditational groove which some have defined as a zen funk. Nick Bersch has uh, released a number of increasingly accomplished albums for the ECM record label. Awaze is the most recent one, it will be officially released at the beginning of May, just before the North American tour of Nick Barsh and his band Ronin, and from this album we heard module 34. Let's now move on uh, to another band that makes uh, of its hypnotic uh, slow but uh, relentless build-ups uh, their trademark. I'm referring to the Australian trio of uh, Chris Abrahams on piano and Hammond organ, Tony Buck on drums and percussion, and Lloyd Swanton on bass and I'm referring to The Next. Established in 1987, The Next have achieved a cult status all over the world, their live performances are a tour de force of cathartic micro-variations. Everything starts quietly and slowly, and the musicians are there searching each other, and then when they find each other, they take the audience along and they drop them to a completely different dimension, one hour or more later, without stopping. This is the perfect music to slow down our crazy world. From the soundtrack of their 1999 uh, Australian movie, The Boys, here is a composition entitled The Sleep of Champions.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: We started a set of three songs uh, focusing on jazz played or composed uh, with a minimalistic attitude. We're not talking about the minimalistic music per se, but jazz with the minimalistic tendencies. And so we began with a uh, composition by the Australian trio The Next, possibly the most internationally recognized band engaged in this uh, strand of uh, hypnotic music, and uh, from their CD entitled The Boys we heard a composition entitled The Sleep of Champions. After listening to their 1998 uh, soundtrack to that movie, The Boys, uh, we moved to Horace Silver to show that this uh, static approach to jazz is not really all that new, and has been produced uh, with uh, gorgeous results for a long time. Horace Silver's Kepasa, uh, which is the composition we played, was featured on the 1963 masterpiece entitled uh, Song for My Father. After the announcement, uh, was the music by saxophonist uh, Patrick Zimmerly performing the wind up. This tune is uh, featured on his uh, latest album uh, published by the Canadian label Songlines and entitled Clockworks, which, as the title suggests, is uh, rooted on experimentations on time signatures and polyrhythms. This project, uh, featuring uh, together with Patrick Zimmerly, his quartet uh, with Ethan Iverson on piano, Chris Tordini on bass and John Hollenbach on drums will be launching at the CD on Saturday at Merkin Hall as part of the ecstatic music festival in a great uh, double bill with a duo of uh, Carla Kirstild and uh, Jeremy Flower. Let's now move back to Europe with the music of the Neil Cowley trio. From their album The Face of Mount Molehill, here is Lament. three more tunes. We started again now in a minimalist uh, uh, yet melodic way with Lament from uh, Face of Mount Molehill, a 2011 album by the Neil Cowley band. We then uh, shifted gear a bit moving towards the African continent. Uh, First stop, Austria, maybe going to Africa via Austria. It's not the most logical uh, route, but as you heard, the band Shakes You definitely plays tribute to the African roots of jazz with a lineup augmented by the tenor saxophonist of the moment, uh, Shabaka Hutchins, Shakespeare is one of the most uh, captivating bands on the European scene at the moment. The beautiful dialogues between the strings of the two bass players were certainly reminiscent of African music and provided the perfect bridge to the next album we just heard. Uh, there was uh, One Night on Earth, music from the Strings of Mali, the stunning 2012 release by guitarist uh, Derek Gripper. You may have mistaken his instrument uh, for a Chora, and that would be totally normal, but uh, in fact, all you hear is uh, his guitar without overdubs. The South African guitar virtuoso has built a remarkable repertoire, ranging from the music of Bach to Indian music to the music of Mali, and he has become so widely recognized for this that the World Music Institute has invited him to play as a guest on a special night dedicated to the music of Mali, which is taking place at uh, Brooklyn Bowl this Sunday 15th of April, in a double bill with the trio Da Cali. This is a really promising concert, uh, like all productions of the World Music Institute. So let's hear more music by Derek Gripper, this time from his uh, 2016 album Libraries on Fire. We just heard two tracks of music that will be featured in some of the most uh, intriguing concerts coming up in the next few days. We started up uh, with uh, Derek Gripper and his Mali infused guitar. He will be performing on Sunday at Brooklyn Bowl as part of the Malian Music Night organized by the World Music Institute. From his album Libraries on Fire, we heard a composition entitled Duga. Right after that, uh, we heard Air, a beautiful composition on the latest album by saxophonist Caroline Davis entitled heart tonic after a very active uh, career in chicago caroline davis has now become a fixture on the new york scene performing in many projects as leader or a sidewoman, as well as educator and music curator caroline davis uh, will launch uh, the cd with a tour that starts this friday at the jazz gallery in new york before going around uh, the u.s and uh, caroline davis is uh, with us today having indeed uh, rushed out Uh, to our studio from Balboa, the venue where she curates a series of concerts in Crown Heights. So, hi Caroline, thanks for making it in time despite uh, the um, Mercury retrograde uh, (laughs) transportation troubles.
1: Yeah, right. Thank you for having
0: me. Absolutely. So, who was playing tonight at uh, Balboa?
1: So, a couple of great bands. One was called Meditator, and that was my friend Ben Shapiro, who's a great singer-songwriter. And Ben Hoffman was playing uh, drums and piano with him. And then the second band was Devin Gray, Angela Morris, and Dustin Carlson.
0: Well, congratulations on the new album. Uh, it's a really great uh, new CD. and um uh, after moving to New York, two thousand and thirteen, this might be your most New York album yet because the one you released just before was perhaps in your transition time uh, between Chicago and New York. How did you feel that the influence of the uh, change of scene has impacted your music and whatever has happened uh, from that point onwards?
1: Doors Chicago Storylines was basically all about Chicago. So I was very lucky to be surrounded by some people who were my mentors in that city. And I really wanted to do pay homage to them and where they came from where who their mentors were and how they grew up in that city from the period of 1980 to 2000 so that was very much a Chicago sound whatever that means for anybody I'm not sure if there is a Chicago sound because there's so much music especially now coming out of that city that's it's just music and not necessarily Chicago music but this album now has a lot of music that I wrote here I mean every piece that I wrote for that record I wrote here and it came some from frustrations of feeling you know like I wasn't necessarily ready for being here but then also the joy of being surrounded by just inspiring musicians who are doing incredible things here and I've never felt the way that I felt feel now in the this ripe and juicy environment of being here and even tonight hearing these bands play and they're my friends and I'm right here in front of them and being so inspired by that is some, is a gift that I get every day by being here.
0: But, you know, since you mentioned it, what do you think are the main uh, distinguishing characters of the New York scene and the Chicago scene if you can, you know, generalize? And, sure, yeah. yeah.
1: It's hard to generalize, but I feel like, it, I mean, there's just more musicians here and there are more people in each one of those kinds of different uh, scenes, I guess. So like, you know, some people are playing more improvised music and writing rhythmically challenging compositions. Like I just saw a great trio last night at Corzo led by Sam, Sam Ospavot, mm. um, with Matt Mitchell, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, and Kim Cass. And that music, just from my own perception, is very rhythmically challenging. And I, I'm not sure if I heard a lot of that, Coming out of Chicago, it maybe isn't doesn't have to do with the community, but um, there's a little of it for sure, but not as much as here. And I really like that music. Mm-hmm. It's so inspiring to me, and it's so helpful to me as a writer to hear people stepping out on that extra deep end. It's it's the extra deep end <laughs> of composing that I am, I maybe wasn't aware of in Chicago, or maybe I didn't see, but I but I see a lot of it here, and it's and it's uh something maybe i didn't see there but then in chicago there's this feeling of raw primitive feeling of the blues and that city is just so it's raw and there's that doesn't exist here and there and i could rehearse with my band a lot in chicago and i can't do that here (laughs) because everyone's so busy or just on the road or whatever it is and so that's that's those are some differences right there you know
0: uh, both places are uh, like uh, two bigger uh, jazz families, in the sense that um, there's a lot of uh, support. Sure. Within exactly. The, yeah.
1: There's a lot of support in Chicago, and I love that city. And I'm, I've even come to love it even more since I left. And I go back, and I'm really astounded by all of the musicians there who are doing wonderful things that I who I didn't know when I lived there, hmm. and now I know. So.
0: So you live the best of two worlds. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So going back to your album, uh, it's entitled uh, Heart Tonic, Mm -hmm. and uh, the title of the album uh, reflects your interest in the heart. Mm -hmm. And um, it was um, interesting to read that uh, you basically have been uh, using ventricular rhythm uh, also to inspire your music. So can you tell us what prompted this choice and how did that uh, work out?
1: Yeah, so... It came mostly about because my dad has a left ventricular ejection in his heart. And it's been challenging for him to understand the biorhythms of his own body. And I've started to learn. I mean, there's so much to learn. So I can't pretend that I have learned everything through all of this new research that I've been doing. But just the concept of uh, attuning your mind to your own body's biorhythms is something new to me and my dad has taught me a lot about that and so I've been listening to various biorhythms in the body so these can be neuron firing sounds or they can be heartbeat sounds and heartbeat sounds can be normal or abnormal you know arrhythmic and there's a you know world of arrhythmic sounds and so just going online and just searching arrhythmia and you can go to some science websites and they have these sounds that you can listen to Mm. or you can go to youtube and you can search for these sounds and you can listen to those sounds and for me that's something really interesting and i think it's captured in my music not it's not a you know rhythm by rhythm copy of what i heard yeah but it's just inspired by those sounds that i experienced when i was doing this research
0: oh that's great Actually, I saw a project uh, in Italy a few years ago where the musicians had found a way to um, uh, put a mic to their heart somehow mm. and basically play live music based on each other's heart wow. and how they were changing through the performance, especially if it was very strenuous and, you know.
1: That's so cool. that yeah,
0: was a quite interesting project. We're going to play some more music uh, from this album. Uh, once again, uh, to remind our listeners that... Uh, Uh, You're going to launch this um, uh, CD with a concert at Jazz Gallery on Friday the 13th. Uh, And the next composition is entitled Ocean Motion. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about uh, this song and how you put it together? Uh,
1: I came up with the idea. There's a melody at the end of the song that you'll hear. And I think I came up with this while I was actually on a boat in the harbor around the statue of liberty actually and i just kind of heard this melody in my head and i recorded it on my phone just this melody and so the whole piece is based around that but it doesn't come into the light until the end of the song and then throughout you go kind of through these little areas of of change and growth and you can hear like some influence of these like did it did it these kind of heartbeat heartbeat influenced uh, sounds
0: so this is Ocean Motion by Caroline Davis from the album *Heartonic*. just heard ocean motion from uh, the heart tonic uh, cd by caroline davis this is a a cd that features uh, your longtime uh, collaborators the majority of them will be performing at the jazz gallery so tell us a bit uh, about uh, this band because one of the things that uh, stands out from the album besides the great uh, arrangements and compositions is the interplay which usually can only get this good when the band plays often together
1: yeah well i'm lucky that i kind of put this band together with a bunch of people that I kind of have known for a while with the exception of maybe Tamir, which is someone who I met when I moved to New York. Also with Marquise, who is a person who I knew in Chicago when I was there. I lived in Chicago for eight years and um, I played with him quite a bit in different projects and kind of played in his band for a couple gigs, but not for much and uh, but just other situations with him and i've always loved his playing he can fit in anywhere (laughs) yeah julian i've known for over a decade because of Litchfield jazz camp and Litchfield jazz festival we've been teaching there for a long time we were also there as students together and um i've always loved his playing his improvising is super free but he's also great at swinging um Mm. uh yes like i said tamir i met here in new york I met him on a gig with a good friend named Alex Cummings who's an incredible composer and alto saxophone player here in New York and he introduced me to Tamir and I was first taken by his electric bass playing and I think that's really showcased well in this record because he can do both so beautifully yep. and uh, Jay lives down the street from me I've known him since I moved to New York and we've been you know slowly crafting our best friendship since the beginning and he's just incredibly sweet and just dedicated to my music. Rogerio Bocato, I've also known for over a decade through Litchfield Jazz Festival and Camp. He's from Brazil. He moved here kind of shortly after he was involved with the Litchfield Jazz Camp. And then Ben Hoffman is my partner and he's a really great uh, keyboard player and organist. And so he's on the record too.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have a special guest at the Jazz Gallery, uh, Noah Preminger, right? Yeah, yeah. Noah
1: Preminger. He's someone also that I met when I moved here in New York and didn't play with very much here. But then I I really admired his playing, and I think he brings that fire and that energy and that sensitivity as well to the music that I look for. And that's something that characterizes all the people on the record is the underlying intensity fire but also sensitivity and beauty that i seek in a, mm-hmm. in a musician so
0: when you have a recording session uh, especially if it's spread out over two days there is a very different dynamic than when you're playing live like you will be doing uh, this uh, coming friday which are the let's say the nice and bad aspects of uh, the live performance and the recording uh, session uh, from your own angle
1: Well, we're going to stretch out a lot more. So there's going to be a lot more open kind of solo sections. And there's going to be a lot of keyboards there, which I'm super excited about because that normally doesn't happen for our live shows. It's usually just one keyboard and or piano. Mm. Um, So we'll have Fender Rose and a synthesizer and the piano and we'll have electric bass and acoustic bass, which is also something unique to the show. Um, And yeah, we're going to play a couple songs from previous albums so it's going to be all these songs plus a couple more because we have two sets so it's going to be some other songs we'll play penelope which is that Wayne shorter cover on the album and then we'll i like to play this bobby hutcherson tune called black circle and we might even play another song from my my previous album doors yeah
0: we suggest that all listeners come to see your show and uh, people should stay for both sets since you're going to be playing different music We're winding down, and so I would like to uh, once again remind you that you're listening to Mondo Jazz. We're here every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. and every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. And then after the shows are live, they're archived on uh, Mixcloud, uh, Podomatic.com, and iTunes. I'd like to thank uh, Caroline Davis for joining us. Thank you. And um, I understand we have one more track that uh, you wanted to play for us, um, Fortune. Mm -hmm. And once again, why don't you introduce it and... um, I'll take this opportunity to thank the listeners and um, wish them a good night.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Fortune really is a song that I wrote in a in a state of euphoria of just being coming home from seeing music in New York and just feeling so grateful to be here. So, it's a pretty simple feeling of, of emotional bliss. Uh.